0: Hello, hello, and welcome once again to the Secrets of the High Demand Coach podcast. And I am here with yet another high demand coach, and that is Kadir Muhammad, who is a systems implementation engineer, a marketing automation expert, and founder of succeedingwithsystems.com. She went from breaking into the entrepreneurial world at 18 with the goal of retiring her parents to falling in love with systems and automation while helping her clients. Her notable projects include taking a two Two-person operation. Get this from fifteen thousand to eighty thousand dollars in revenue in just sixty. 60- days. Uh, She then went on to help them triple their team in eight months. It's amazing. I hope we get to hear the rest of that story. But uh, Kadira helps solopreneurs create six-figure systems so that they can gain back the time freedom and develop the lifestyle freedom that they want using marketing automation and systems. Well, Kadira, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Uh, Folks don't know, but in the world of podcasting, we kind of live and die by our schedules. And my calendar just wreaked havoc on this process. So it feels like it's been forever in trying to get you here, but you're here and I'm so excited to have you. Now, before we jump into systems and marketing and, you know, building businesses, I'd love to just take a step back and hear a little bit about your story. Tell us a little bit about what you were doing before you got into coaching and why you ended up making the leap.
1: Awesome. So first of all, I got to say thank you, Scott. And again, I know we had our our scheduling miss out, but I'm super excited for this. I've been looking forward to being on the podcast and hopefully being a very valuable ear or valuable voice to the ears of your listeners. Um, But yeah, so how I got started in this, um, you know, just as you kind of read in my bio, when I was about 18 years old, it was the first time I went to college. Um, It was the first time I actually ever had a job. Worked there for a week. I was like a desk clerk at a dorm. And I was like, this is probably not going to be good long term. And it wasn't even just the job itself, but it was actually just you know, the the concept of it, I'm like, hmm, the things that I want to do probably won't like just being at a regular job really isn't going to help me. Um, And especially as after a couple of years, I'm in this college towns full of people, you know, 20 year olds and whatnot. But all of a sudden I just kind of woke up and I started to pay more attention to what's around me. And specifically, I noticed everybody that worked at my local Walmart, everybody that worked at Tim Hortons, even people who worked at Starbucks, even people at different grocery stores, everybody was in their 50s, 60s, 70s, I've seen 80s. And I started to question, I'm like, what's going on? Because I'm thinking at my grandmother's ages, they were both retired in their 60s. You know, they weren't working anymore. So I didn't realize, why are they working? That doesn't make any sense. There's plenty Mm -hmm. of 20-year-olds, you know, looking for a job, a part-time thing. I did my own research and I realized, oh, most people can't really retire. Um, most people, even if they're on like Social Security, that actually had a timeline of when it was supposed to expire. And, uh, you know, especially because of most recent events, that expiration is even one year earlier than it was supposed to be. So I'm like, OK, I'm an only child, you know, and I'm at that time, I'm about 20. And I see, you know, my parents jobs and I'm like, you know what, I got to do something different because they've taken care of me. They've done so well for me. And I just could not imagine you know, them having to get another job after they're supposed to retire. So that was the catalyst to me just even thinking about entrepreneurship. Yeah, um, it, it was a it was a long journey after that. I did a lot of different things. I went to e-commerce stores. I did side jobs. I tried to do anything to sell something to figure it out. And then all of a sudden I kind of landed into this world of digital marketing. Um, and with digital marketing, it's paid advertising. It's Facebook ads before people really were like doing doing Facebook ads in my opinion. Um, it was Google ads, it was even Twitter, just stuff that I had no idea about. And I just had a side job. I was able to make a little bit of money. and so I just used that to buy courses and try to new client get clients and try to figure that out. Um, and then when I actually graduated in 2019, uh, actually right before I graduated, and I'm trying to actually apply for jobs because I'm, you know, entrepreneurship thing. It has its ups and downs. So I'm like, let me try to be a bit more stable. And when nobody was calling me back, I'm like, well, maybe this is my sign. I should just try it and just try to figure it out. That was 2019. It was 2023. It's been up ever since.
0: That's awesome. Amazing. So we'll fast forward a little bit, you're now doing coaching with uh, six and seven for your businesses, you're helping folks to, uh, to get control of their life and also grow their business. And for many, especially solopreneurs, or folks that are in the kind of early struggle stage, early fun, uh, they're they' they can feel stuck in this trading hours for dollars. And you mm-hmm. know, there's this moment and every entrepreneur experiences it in some way, shape or form. But it's like, wait a second, I left my job working 40, 50 hours for someone else. I'm working 80 hours for myself. And for some mm-hmm. reason, there's less in the bank account. What's going on here? So tell us a little bit, what would you say is the most important work that you do for your clients?
1: Oh, the the first thing I have to say is the the mindset of realizing that number one, you don't have to do everything. Number two, you shouldn't be doing everything. And number three, just because you could Do it. That doesn't mean that somebody else can't actually get it done. Um, A lot of us entrepreneurs and CEOs, when we start our businesses, you know, we are doing all the hats in the beginning because you you have to. I mean, unless you you have capital, unless you are partnering with a lot of other people, you likely have to take that on yourself just as a solopreneur. You know, by the name of it, that's what you have to do. But then, that's when our egos get a bit built up because you start to see success, right? You start to see okay. I can sell. I can bring in clients. I perform a good service to them. So they keep coming back. You get a little bit of success and it kind of works out for you. Now you're in this trap where, you know, you're doing a lot of things you shouldn't do. But then you don't really want to take the time to figure out how to get out of that. You don't. Or you feel like well, nobody's going to be able to do it better than me. That's the like the number one thing somebody tells me. But I do this and nobody else can do it. I'm like, what's this thing you're talking about that you're doing? Oh. Talking back and forth with clients, trying to get your calendar set up. That's what you think nobody else can do other than you. That's not the secret sauce of your company. Why do you think you're the only person that could take take on that? Yeah. So the first thing I have to help them with is understanding when you worked the job, you had a specific job. Not sure. Did you have to do certain other tasks, other people's jobs? OK, yeah. But you had a very specific job with specific roles and responsibilities and tasks that you needed to do. So if the CEO of the job you used to work at isn't doing your job, why do you think as a CEO of your business, you need to be doing a position that clearly somebody else can be doing other than you? So the very first thing is is helping them with the mindset and being able to think bigger, really thinking out of yourself and really realizing it's a service to be able to provide a job to somebody else and figure out how to put yourself in your zone of genius so you can grow the company in the way that it needs to grow as the visionary. You can't do that if you're doing all these other little things that are especially outside of your wheelhouse.
0: Yeah. That's the first place they got to start at yeah, so good. So one of the challenges I know that folks are having and and it, uh, oftentimes it's perceived as much as it is real, but they're thinking, another person, like I can barely pay myself. how do i <clears throat> how do I even think about bringing someone else in? So particularly for that person who who's doing it all mm-hmm. themselves and and you know, how do you get out of that? How do you get to where you're not the only one doing everything?
1: So the first thing we have to do is we got to note down what are we actually doing? So I I have all my clients. I'm like, hey, look, you need to start journaling. And I give them a specific spreadsheet. I'm like, you know, this is what I want you to type in. So we both can be looking at it when we have our check ins. But you first need to be noting down what are you actually doing every single day? Because we will be surprised at how, quote unquote, productive we are in our day to day activities when we think we're doing a bunch of stuff. And in reality, you're just doing a bunch of stuff but you're not really completing anything. (laughs) You know, you're not really getting something done that actually will move your business forward. So let's note down what are those actual activities you're doing every day. And you just have to do it for a week. You don't have to do it for a month. You know, I know how people are like, oh, another thing I gotta do. Just a week, it'll take you five minutes at the end of your day, that's it. When you do that, now you're gonna start to categorize. Okay, is this a revenue generating activity? Was this a CEO activity? Was this something I absolutely had to do because I'm the person, I'm the leader, I have to do this? And then was this something that uh, I shouldn't have to do? You don't have to figure out already what's the position of the title, you know, the title position of the person who's got to take it on. Just categorize it. Do you need to do or do you not need to do it? And then we take all those things that you don't need to do. And then that's when we start to figure out, okay, what's the job title of that person? Right. Is that a specific individual? It's just multiple different people, right? Multiple different positions. We have to figure that out first before we even start to bring in other people. And then after that, now we have to start creating what are called standard operating procedures for those tasks that you're doing. Right. So I think if I can give a, a really quick example, let's say you're managing your own calendar right now, right? You're going kind of back and forth, you're booking with your own clients that you service, right? What if there's somebody who can actually take that on for you? Or could you just send people a link and then maybe that's easy enough, but you probably wouldn't know that you're doing that every day until you're writing that down and you're journaling what's going on. This is how you create data so you can figure out what's actually happening in your business on a day-to-day basis
0: yeah yeah so so true one of the things that uh i do i'm I'm coaching with clients who are solopreneurs who want to stay solopreneurs at least for the foreseeable future maybe not forever Mm -hmm. but that's just that's where they're plugged in uh for them what i've found the biggest metric for success isn't really revenue it's not really you know your expenses expenditures or necessarily even profit it's profit Mm -hmm. per hour Right. And so when you're looking at it, it's okay. you can you can get into this rat race of just trading time for dollars and just more time for more dollars. And that's what Mm -hmm. a lot of people do when they chase the revenue game. It's just it's more, more, more. But we never have a critical eye on what should we stop doing? What should we get rid of? What should we have someone else do? And so I I love what you're talking about, because you're talking about these things that are low dollar per hour tasks. Right. How much do you make scheduling? right? You know, when when that could be automated. And mm-hmm. uh, and I've found it really helpful for folks when they recognize, hey, the most important thing, because there's so many things to keep track of. But when you're in this stage, the most important thing is that one metric. What's the dollars per hour? Because then you can look at the activities in this log and you're, you're, this is what, exactly what you're doing with your clients and saying, hey, what are the highest value activities that you're doing? And the lowest value ones, okay, do we get rid of those or how do we automate them or how do we, you know, how do we delegate them to somebody else? So I'd love right. to kind of step into that a little bit because I, I know that you you do a lot with systems and automation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so tell me a little bit about how, again, you you take those initial steps for somebody wanting to start getting stuff off of their plate and into automation or process.
1: Yeah, so... When they want to take that next step, because, you know, they're already convinced they know they have to, if they want to grow, they got to do something different. And after we've kind of journaled things out, after we've created some SLPs, now it's just kind of the discussion of, are you going to hire a person or do you need to hire some tech, right? And what's that sequence? What does that really entail? Because sometimes you don't really need to hire other people. Um, And I know that kind of scares people. They're like, how am I going to? put somebody on, I, you know, who do I find? Are they going to yeah. match with me? That's, and that takes time. It takes time to find somebody. Um, you know, one of my mistakes in the very beginning of me and in, in my business was just hiring people. Cause I felt like they could do a task and I didn't have the environment set for them and they really weren't a good fit with me, but I kept them on because I'm like, Oh, they're just kind of take care of this and da, da, da. you get stuck there. And it's like, y'all don't really get along. It doesn't work. Or, They may be good for right now, but they aren't really a good fit for the future if you're thinking long-term. But that can be its own discussion (laughs) right there. But when it comes to actually utilizing technology, we have to first understand what what it's actually going to do and can you scale with this? So I'm big on tech. It's very easy for me to figure out anything, at least online. New hardware, that might be a little different. But if it's online, I could pretty much figure it out. But personally, I'm not a fan of tech just for tech's sake, Mm. because what I also see a lot of solopreneurs do is you get that lifetime subscription, you get that $97 per month software, you're paying all this money, but you don't even know how it's really supposed to help you. And you haven't chosen something that's actually going to scale with you in the future, because what most people don't consider is the cost to migrate or transfer to a new technology. Once you've already built a bunch of stuff, you know, on one particular technology or, you know, a bunch of software and whatnot. So what we want to figure out is, is this actually going to help us today? Does it match what we need and can it scale with us in the future? Does it have other features we may potentially need in the future that we can access without having to transfer anything? Uh, but it really all starts with understanding what we're doing every day, just to kind of get those initial activities done, right? Those low dollar activities, so we can focus on our higher dollar activities, and you know, have a higher, as you said, profit per hour.
0: Yeah, I love that. Now, uh, is uh, one of the things you you just brought out. Is I love technology, but it's not technology for everything. So, how do you know when? How do you know when it's a person or technology? How, how do you discern the difference? Mm-hmm.
1: To me, I think if the activity requires any level of like nuance to it um, or any real intelligent decision amongst it, you likely need an actual person. Um, so I'll give you an example. Everybody's a big fan of AI nowadays. Everybody's trying to figure out how to use ChatGPT and all these other little you know tools and whatnot. And they think it's going to replace everything and they think it's going to re- replace all customer service and whatnot. And I think while it may replace a, quite a bit of it. I think at a certain level, you still need a human being to call you about something, right? And so I'm thinking of like an executive assistant, right? Who needs to be setting up, maybe they need to be setting up meetings with other executives for you on your calendar, where talking to those people, you really shouldn't just send them a link, right? They need some extra care. These are really high level individuals. You need somebody that can work with their assistants, so just sending a link may actually not be appropriate to do for them, but you probably shouldn't be doing it too, right? You still need to have an individual in between there. Somebody yeah. to talk to other people, somebody to set schedules, somebody to inquire, you know, about maybe if you're doing anything around your city or you're trying to do speaking or you're trying to organize, organize schedules, like a lot of that can be more nuanced. It may require more than just, you know, uh, looking up something on, a, on online and taking it from there. Yeah. Um, it, another, uh, example of that is when you're getting to something more technical, right? So if there's any level of troubleshooting, a software is not going to really be able to troubleshoot itself to a degree it can, but sometimes it's again, more nuanced with it. It may have a problem. It doesn't, you know, have a solution in its support articles. It doesn't have a solution. You know, even sometimes the customer service for a software just is not very helpful. <laughs> Let's just be honest. It's just not, it's not very helpful for you. It's not getting back to you. Maybe you need a tech assistant that can just figure that stuff out because they understand it better than you. They know how to ask questions to the support staff better than you. A lot of people don't consider that. But if you don't know technology like that, if you need a support question, you know, you going to ask their team. If you don't know what you're talking about, you may not be able to give them what they need in order to fix the issue for you. Yeah, that's so That's where... Yeah, that's why having an assistant or someone, I don't even want to call them an assistant. They're a specialist, really, because they just know it. They understand terminology. They understand how to look at something below the surface deeper than you in a way that even, again, the software support team may not be able to help. Yeah. So when it requires more thought, if there's any level of advanced thought or intelligence needed, that's when you need a human being in there. And technology it. It just isn't going to cut it.
0: Got it. Got it. Got it. Great advice. Uh, Now, what would you say is some of the lowest hanging fruit? What are the things that you find uh, the entrepreneurs you're working with? are? It's the quickest Mm -hmm. things to kind of get off their plate and buy some some free time.
1: Oh, easily. Anything to do with scheduling. Most of the time, if you're trying to schedule with leads, you're trying to get people on the phone. um, That's a combination of like a calendar booking link. And it's also a person that might need to just call, you know, your leads and get them on the calendar. So scheduling, booking calls with leads, um, any customer service related things. And that also includes account management. Um, I think one of the first things, if you're a service based business, if you're a consultant, if you're a coach and you provide support to your clients um, and they meet with you like on a monthly basis. Unless there's like, you know, you know, a part of the package is for them to speak to you. Any support related things, you need to get them their own client account manager. Right. And that needs to be a person that can't just be, you know, some AI software that you that you think is going to replace everything. That's not going to be the case. Um, Anything to do with scheduling anything else. So not just necessarily with clients and booking them on your calendar, but also with actual like, you know, other individuals, other not leads necessarily. But if you're just having a conversation, getting booked on a podcast, you know, do you have somebody who can do back and forth with that? Again, that's more likely to be a person than it is to be just a a software or anything like that. Yeah. Those are really administrative activities. Um, Another good one is if you are not really tech inclined with anything, you definitely want to hire a specialist. They don't need to work for you full time. They can be super part time or just kind of stand by as you have questions. But you probably want to have that person um, around. Because while technology can uh, promote you, while it can automate a lot of your activities, it still requires payments. You know, things happen. You know, zaps get broken in Zapier. Um, stuff doesn't work right. Connections get disconnected. And you're just like, I don't know how this happened, but I need somebody to fix it. Have somebody on standby. Be like, hey, can you take a look at this? Let them do what they do for a couple hours and really fix the issue for you without you having to worry about it.
0: If you're thinking zappy what, then uh, <laughs> Kadira is going to be tremendously helpful for you. Uh, okay. So here's a question that I love to ask all my guests. And, and, and that is, what is the biggest secret that you wish wasn't a secret at all? What's that one thing that you wish everybody listening today knew? Oh,
1: my goodness. Um, the biggest secret <sighs> I, to me is that automation isn't everything. Um, I like the questions that, that you've asked, Scott, in terms of like, when do you put a person in there other than just technology? I, like I said, I love automation. I love technology. And it's not the solution every single piece of the time. And you'll talk to other maybe systems engineers, you'll talk to other automation specialists, and they're going to do automate, 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 automate. But the real secret is sometimes that's just you need a person. That, that's the end of the day. You know, I, I, again, I know we want to figure out how to put in AI, and then I can just get a bot, and they can do everything for me. Then, then I'm gonna be fine. You sometimes you're gonna need a human being. That's to me, that's the biggest secret that really shouldn't be a secret. Yeah. You know, none, the human race isn't going anywhere. <laughs> they're not going anywhere. They're just gonna be able to do what they do better, and they're gonna be able to have other alternatives. But sometimes you are just gonna need the person.
0: Yeah, that's so good. All right. So we've talked a lot about kind of the work you do for clients and how you help them, but I'd love to kind of turn things around a little bit. Have you take off your your coach, you know, systems engineer hat? Have you put on your founder CEO hat? Talk to yeah. us a little bit about what the next stage of growth looks like for you and your business and what challenges you think you're gonna have to overcome to get there.
1: Oh, that's I love that question because um to me the answer is a little bit scary. The biggest Piece of growth that I have to do is coming from behind the scenes where I work on everybody else's stuff and you know I do great work with them. And it's actually teaching this to other people. And, you know, specifically showing people how systems and automation technology does not have to be scary, nor does it have to be overwhelming. Because I notice majority of clients, when they come to me, you know, they're overwhelmed by it. They they have all the options. But they don't have the necessary skill set. And obviously, they don't have the time to figure out the necessary skill set, nor should they be doing that anyway. Um, and it takes a while for people to get to that point. I've, I've learned, you know, a lot of times people come to me and they're already at six figures, even closer to seven figures, and they're just trying to figure it out. And that's where they really need somebody like me to come in. But I also want to speak to people who, you know, are at six and are growing there. And I want to say, hey, you can get there faster and you can do it without being overwhelmed. This is how you should be thinking about systems. This is how you integrate this in your everyday life. And really, it's just showing them that they can integrate it and that you already have a system. You already have a yeah. routine. You're just kind of refining it. Um, so it's, it's getting on podcasts with wonderful people like you. It's speaking on stage. It's going out of my little bubble of where, you know, I'm just on my laptop figuring stuff out for my people. And it's actually going out and meeting people in person, which is scary to me because I don't speak on stage and I don't do a lot of interviews. So like it gets a little nerve-wracking for me. But people need that information. Um, so it's just sharing my knowledge with more people. It's yeah. that's gonna be the biggest help for myself, you know, and my company, but it's also gonna be the bigger help for the actual community that I would like that I would like to build around this.
0: Yeah. Uh, so good. So good, uh, Kadira. Well, uh, it was tremendous having you on the show. Thank you so much Thank for you. being here. Before we go, though, I'd love to uh, find out how can folks connect with you, learn more about your work uh, and and contact you directly?
1: Oh, absolutely. If you would like to learn anything about me uh, personally, you can always look at my content on Instagram and YouTube, just at Kadira S. Mohammed. I make a lot of tutorials about how to create different automations, how to create different systems, SOPs, stuff like that, that you can definitely utilize for yourself. And then if you actually are interested in kind of learning how I can help your company, especially if you're at six figures, you're trying to get to seven, but time is in the way of you, then you can go to omnipotentconsulting.com book. And then you can check that out. You can see the testimonials and you can book a call with myself and we can figure out how to take you to that next level together.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being here. To everyone listening, your time and attention mean the absolute world to us. I'm so honored that you're here and I cannot wait to see you next time. Take care. Scott Ritzheimer here. Thank you so much for listening to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast. If you are a successful coach, consultant, or advisor who's built a strong book of business and would like to be on the program, please visit go.scalearchitects.com. And if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media and just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials? If you know someone who'd be a great guest, you can tag them on social media to let them know about the show. And make sure you include the hashtag high demand coaching. I love seeing your posts. I love seeing your guest suggestions. Thank you so much. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any of those episodes, go ahead and subscribe now. Your thumbs up, your ratings, your reviews, they go a long way to help us promote the show and they mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, you can go to our website, www.scalearchitects.com, or you can follow me or the company on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.